even flashback here and see a little bit of Augustine's meeting with the Delts, which we kind of had to <laughs> skip, skip past for time last time. Um, yeah, because we know the, we know the Junkers, what's driving them, at least to, to some extent. But we don't know why the Delts are so intent on not letting them leave with anything. And again, not letting them leave with something in hand. They'll let them leave empty-handed. Oh, the fact that the protectorate affairs are dealing with the adults is concerning as well. I think the first thing, though, is what did Augustine tell them about where they could, where Gadget was? <laughs> like, you don't have to give me the full Augustine. story, but like, what, how did Augustine ford that topic? Because that was your whole angle for grabbing that, their attention. That's a energetic, energetic, reckless Augustine. Um, <laughs> and and if it's more fun for us to leave it as an eternal mystery, it can still be a you know a um a blank point of like what did Augustine do there? Um, but it's you know we could make that an intentional decision. So do do I know why they wanted to find Gadget? Yeah, because their leader who um, uh, Gadget. I think your dad's name is Marlin. Is that okay, Marlin? Like a like a like a swordfish. That works for me. Okay. Um, wants to meet with Gadget because Gadget has been gone for a year. Um, and he's kind of able to use the muscle of the Delts to try and track her down because he is a... He's not the leader of the Delts. The, De- the Delts don't have a leader. They kind of have like a distributed governance. Um, but he is a prominent member. Now, wait a damn second. Because you had <laughs> said that the Delts were kind of like local city council plus organized crime. So are you saying that Gadget is like a mafia princess? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think I want to keep my identity hidden so much? Damn. (laughs) Wow. And here we thought, you know, that, that Myriad was the only one who might have strange unknown ties to a, a crime family, a.k.a. the Purples. No, we've had one in our very midst this whole time. Also, Gadget Swam is the Empress, but that's for another <laughs> time. Uh, no. <laughs> I never mentioned that. <laughs> it just didn't come up. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so that is why the Delts wanted to... Uh, to um, find out what, what the deal was with Gadget, especially because Marlin had heard about Gadget being back on Subita after she raised that huge stink at the poolside <laughs> with uh, Solomon Purple. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when I meet him, does he seem like a proud dad? Pissed off dad? Like, uh, concerned? Concerned, proud, and pissed off, yeah. Uh, mostly pissed <laughs> off at himself, you know, like he kind of, it seemed like he kind of blamed both himself and his, um, his on again, off again partner, you know, Gadget's mom, uh, for, for Gadget just peacing out. Augustine would tell Marlin how awesome that Gadget is and everything that she's been accomplishing. 
Mm-hmm. And that that he should be proud of her and everything that she's becoming and just like paint it that she's doing well on her own and I'll even paint it in the I don't know why she left but it's clear that she had great parents to be where she is <laughs> I'm sure he's got like tears welling up in his eyes at this point he's he's a, a big beefy dude he's the he's the person who I describe mostly just in terms of being a you know a chunk of muscle sitting next to talking to Yazoo um and you know he's he's delighted to hear that um but i think he would have wanted uh well yeah okay i'll leave this up to you um augustine and gadget do you think it would have been more interesting if he was like but i still need i want to see her at least one time while she's here or if he was like okay i understand she'll come back when she's ready because augustine's a good talker Mm -hmm. i think you know if we want that to be what it is then that could be what it is um, well, I'm just interested in what you think is more interesting. And, you know, I could paint it as a, you know, I can do my best to to get her to stop by and say hi, but she's her own person and she needs to be let to do her own thing. Her own tiny neurotic person. <laughs> <sighs> Augustine could... Smooth talk, <laughs> the the angry leader of the PTA enough. <laughs> I just really like to imagine that you know this has just been one extended internship for Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think it probably would have been, you know, uh, and he would have been able to you know get some kind of uh, other people piping in that you know that's. You know, Gadget had been seen around. She was clearly doing fine, leading her best life of um, hollering at mobsters, you know, not, <laughs> not, not in distress, doing her thing. Um, so I think, yeah, you probably could have gotten through to him, Augustine, and it would have been, uh, you know, like just a long light of partying, a long uh, night of partying, which, you know, you could have tried to sneak out of early, um, asking for stories and just like telling you stories about Gadget <laughs> when she was, you know, even. I was going to say when she was a kid, when she was a younger kid. <laughs> a long time um, ago when I was a kid. I'm sure the baby album came out. I guess the one thing I would want to know is what is the most embarrassing thing that he would have told me about Gadget? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to throw to Gadget for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Most embarrassing. Um, hard to choose when your life is just one big, you know, tapestry of embarrassments. It's not embarrassing. It's not an embarrassing tactic to have conspiracy theories and adopt personalities (laughs) and have a cult-like fascination with fantasy NASCAR slash fantasy lobster rodeo. (laughs) That is true. You can think on it. We I'll, I'll, we'll have to circle yeah, back on this can, one later. We can have another flashback. Um, but I think <laughs> the, the night probably would have ended with, um, and you, you know, you would have gotten a, a kind of a feel for what the delts are like. Um, you would have gotten several tearful, hit, tearful hugs from uh, Marlin, who asked that you pass them on to um, Gadget. At least two, actually. One from him and one from uh, her mother. 
Um, and yeah, you, you probably would have, you know, just, it would have naturally come up. Like, why are you guys all out here that the delts, um, just don't want the junkers messing around in the ascending fortress. Cause they think it's already broken enough and they're worried that they'll break it more. And, you know, it's a very mm-hmm. important location for the people of Subita. So they didn't want them messing around in there and they were, you know, uh, um, not not pleased that the junkers just found their way in once it once the uh, structure you know stopped and broke down. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now now Augustine is conflicted. <laughs> would if, that knowing that now that we've established that would that have changed your approach to um, meeting with the junkers? Because I'm fine with rewinding. I mean, I wouldn't have changed the way I handled the caster gun situation. Because um, mm-hmm. it's not like we deliver in them and then say, "Oh no, sorry, we need to take these back." <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I would have emphasized much more on the, uh, you know, be sure before you pull the trigger. Um, but that mm-hmm. makes me change my thoughts on wanting to let the junkers in mm. because because of that, right. That makes sense. Okay. Was yeah, it, and I think we can... I'm sorry. Somebody say something? I was going to say, was Marlon particularly proud of hearing about how Gadget shout, or BFO <laughs> shouted down uh, a member of a, a rival family? <laughs> I like to uh, think that, you know, like in you know, the game of Telephone, the story changes with every retelling. <laughs> so, instead of a 12-year-old girl just telling somebody that she doesn't think they're cool. After several world tellings, it becomes a significantly more badass moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> just flames in her eyes, you know, like uh, one one leg up on the barrel like Captain Morgan. Um, uh, and, and actually, <laughs> that's, um, that's a great point, um, Quell. That would have been become clear to you as well when you were talking with them, Augustine, um, that uh, the um, the Delts are in opposition to the Purple family, especially the Purple family kind of moving into uh, Subita. Um, And he wouldn't have said anything, you know, because they're like, they're the local outfit and the Purples are trying to move in on their turf, right? Um, And uh, he wouldn't have said to you that, oh yeah, that's why we're working with Protectorate Affairs, because the Protectorate Affairs are going after the Purples. But Augustine 100% would have put that together. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, this is complicated now. Right? We have ties to the Purples. But <laughs> yeah. we also have someone who's literally related to the leader of the Delts. It's a bit of a thing. But... We have uh, we have a, a labyrinth stretching before us, and Decoy seems to be getting uh, antsy. Um, she's glad to be away from the Junkers. Um, you know, weird vibes in that room. So I want to talk with Forgasket. I don't want to offer up that. I want to finagle my. I want to do my speaker stuff. Um, <laughs> 
Uh-huh. I want to get I want to get what information I have on how close they are to getting in, uh-huh. and how to like. I want to extract as much information as I can to make it easier for us. Sure. Would you also, if you are able with your speaker stuff, because now you know how the delts feel about it and all this stuff, um, would you be able to gently? nudge for gasket into the considering like yeah. leaving rather than just fucking endangering everybody there and possibly also getting delts including gadget's dad shot yeah i can try that um yeah oh god this is such a complex situation i know <laughs> um yeah. I'm only partially responsible for it. The rest is on you. <laughs> by you I mean you collectively. Um Mary, it's kind of just with uh with decoy, like let's just go to the center, to the terminal <laughs> core. Let's just get job to the one terminal done. core. Job two time. Job one done. Let's go job I mean, two. Let's just be completely you know, fair. Brute force. Myriad has a point, which is that nobody's going to have to worry about anything once this place gets driven right into uh, the Reverend Assemblage. Exactly. It's not going to (laughs) matter. You're like, look, that's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. (laughs) It's not going to matter. We can get to the the terminal core, uh, get decoy there, and then we can get out of the the, uh, Ascending Fortress Back on the Beluga and fly out of here while they drive this the this Landberg to the the Reverend Assemblage and done, done and done. Nothing matters. I mean, yeah. It's from from what Decoy explained to you, Subito will be intact. Uh, <laughs> like you know, they're not planning. You know, it's not going to be. They're not going to smash it into the side hard, um, like how. Uh, um, Chalice had actually mentioned before that some of the Landbergs have been kind of coming in faster and faster these days. You're going to have a controlled approach. So the internal politics and struggles of Subito will continue. But if you're, you know, sipping Mai Tais on the roof floor of Gypsum Heights, then yeah, that's really not your problem anymore. Uh, well, I'm also <laughs> just going to say, I mean, like, it's not like Subito's going to be going anywhere after it docks with the Reverend Assemblage, unless somehow it still has enough control through the uh, through the Ascending Fortress to to leave again. And once it docks with the Reverend Assemblage, anybody who's still on Subita isn't going anywhere except onto the rest of the Reverend Assemblage. So those junkers aren't going to be leaving with much of anything. Yeah. Um... It's it does it's not going to be immediate, right? I think the way you talk to decoy, it would probably be a few days process. So people who had the means would be able to get out, um, but not everybody has the means. Well, that sounds awful. Uh, I was more thinking like, how aware would they be that the landberg that they're on? Oh. Like, <laughs> when you're standing Fair on the landberg, you can't see like. You're not aware of yourself moving through space and time, right? It's big enough that like you're not like, oh shit, we're mm-hmm. drifting. Yeah. And it's not like being part of the Reverend Assemblage is a death sentence, you know, like it seems like they've they've got a society going there. They've got land, you know, life they've got life going, but it's certainly a change. 
Yeah, well, it's just not a society that uses uh, airships to go anywhere. Yeah, that's like your whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, okay, Augustine, um, I was going to say, yeah, I guess this is kind of a flashback because you and... But it's fine. It's free. Uh, amorphous timeline. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what are you trying to do with four gasket here? I guess I need to. I probably can't choose both paths, can I? Um, how so? Well, like, what's the end well, result you're angling for? Well, I, I have two goals: get the information, so we can mm -hmm. try and get in and try and turn them away from being so hard set on it mm -hmm. and just taking the pass out so that no one gets hurt mm -hmm. don't we already have the information to get in we have some information we don't know how to clear the air gap Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have a good diagram to get you through the manifold. Um, okay. There is still there's still more ticks to clear because it's just you know lengthy. Um, but, even if and, you could only stall them long enough that we start heading toward uh, what's it called? Heading toward the Reverend Assemblage. I mean, if you stall them long enough, they're not going to leave with anything because they're either going to get the heck off because they realize we're heading toward the Reverend Assemblage. Or they're going to stay there, but then no one's going to come looking for four gasket because they're not going to be able to approach the reverend assemblage, right? Okay. Mm. Yeah. I, I want to try and sway them. If we already have enough information, I just want to try and sway them from trying to get in. Okay. Uh, this is limited effect. Um, it's, let's see what how are you going about this like how are you what's your angle seduction seduction oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> do you think i am well, a you're bird? really good at it um you've you've worked with four gasket a few times now you know you know you kind of know what her priorities are um and it's she's kind of told you what they want out of the situation and they were on dig site when it was going towards the assemblage, I'm going to go with the truth. Ooh. Um, <laughs> God damn, that, Reckless Augustine. Well, okay. That, well, in that, <laughs> so I'm here to fulfill this delivery, and mm -hmm. I see that you're set on taking as much time as it takes to get in here. And get out with whatever you can. And I know that's... And they, they have something... Like they have debts that they have to pay or something like that, right? Something. Yeah, like that. there's some accounts coming due, it sounds yeah, like. Because their uh, profit margin hasn't been what, it's, what it needs to be recently. Which is definitely not my fault. Not at all. <laughs> um... If you remember on the dig site, that was I was going for the assemblage. And I know that this is going to be following soon. And it's probably going to go fast. 
and she gives you a look. She kind of like starts and, she, you know, she then gives you a different look. She says, yeah, you, how do you, you know that? Yeah, you don't you don't want to know how I know. Um, but you can trust me on that. And I don't want to see you or anyone else get hurt if it comes down to you and the delts. Um, how much are these accounts? That's really not any of you, not any of your business, Mister Rigby. Oh, I, I want to help. I really do. I don't want to just send you off because you seem desperate, and I'm worried that this desperation is going to cost lives. Oh, you sound like Quell. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I think I get where you're coming from here, but uh, Rye, Rye, could you get that map for me? And uh, Rai picks up a map of the vast and kind of brings it over to you and so, and uh, four spreads it out on the table. And, you know, it's a, it's a map of the vast. And um, she just says, we're here. And that continent's all the way over here. Now, when we came in, this map wasn't inaccurate. Even, now, I know. I know I was on Dig 112, too. Things are moving. Things are changing. And it worries me. But I have absolutely no reason to believe you when you tell me that we're going to be slamming smack dab into that continent. What's your proof? I'll be right back. I'm gonna... I'm gonna go over to Decoy. <laughs> oh boy, okay, no, I was waiting for this. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going over Hush for two things. Mm-hmm. Um, one to talk to Decoy about providing proof to Forgasket. Because Forgasket never saw the artifact. Forgasket doesn't know that Decoy is the artifact that they were trying to go for. And oh, the, the funny thing is, um, Decoy isn't the artifact. Decoy is a product of the artifact. Okay. Decoy yeah. is a so, decoy yeah. of the artifact. So there, yeah. there's no, no connection to be made there. Um, yeah, not directly. Yeah, and I. So they have their ship, correct? Um, um the uh, the flotilla Tanzanite. Yeah, the, yeah, the flotilla. That's actually a bunch of ships, correct? Oh, they got a, yeah, they got a bunch of ships. Yeah, you saw so, the parts cloud, the cl- parts cloud. You saw the cloud <laughs> clouds part that one time, and there were dozens. Were they going to land the ships on Subita, so that they could be transported? That's the only approach that would make sense to you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you got the logistics into it too much, but uh, if the lift cores go out, then they'd need to land the ships or else the ships would just drop out of the sky. Yeah, I want to offer a trade. <laughs> I want... This is the, yeah, this is getting weird. I, I want to... Because <laughs> um, I don't want to see these people get hurt, and this is what I'm saying. And they sound like they're in trouble, and they're... Their goal is the same as ours for to make it inside. They want to loot it. We need to use it. Mm-hmm. Do you think we could trade the flotilla for Subita? You won't need it once you get to the assemblage because those cores are going to go out. They can take the ships, get to safety, and sell them, use them, do what they need with them. That way no one gets hurt. They can settle their debts. Um, so Decoy wouldn't know this, but you would know Augustine. And I'm not saying that this makes it 
impossible, but it would be complicated to turn around that many Azure fleet ships. It would certainly be doable. Um, but, you know, just like take, I guess you'd be taking them to places like the chop, right? And that would be kind of like, a like just a way for them to make some quick cash. Scrap those yeah. ships. Or alternately, I don't know if those, uh, if, you know, they've lost those ships. I don't know if there's like any kind of bounty, any kind of reward, but maybe they could just conveniently return them. <laughs> uh, some of them have been gone for years and years, but uh, yeah, maybe. And I'm, and I'm guessing uh, in, in any not case, all, I was, I was just going to say, I'm guessing they're not all Azure Empire ships because other Probably ships not. go down too. So, and I'm yeah. I'm sure the Junkers don't have enough people here to pilot the full flotilla. Um, mm-hmm. So it wouldn't even be the whole thing. I guess that's just kind of my angle is offer yeah, a trade. No, no I, I like this. Um, and I don't think decoy... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, if, if I'm anywhere nearby, or, and I would probably want to be if I see mm-hmm. Cap try to grab... You're my sweet spirit, baby. <laughs> Quell would be like, now wait just a darn minute. I think you're onto something, Captain. I mean, sure, you can sell what you can, return the rest for a bounty, but think about it this way, too. That many ships, you're right. Not all the junkers here would be able to pilot them, but think about the good press that would emerge if the Junkers were able to save the population of Subita by getting them off the Landberg before it hits the Reverend Assemblage, why, you'd have an entire Landberg in your debt. True. I mean, you wouldn't really have the Landberg in your debt because it'd be part of the Assemblage, but that that's a different... <laughs> well, not the Landberg <laughs> itself, but think about all the people that you'd be able to get off this rock before it joins up. Anyone who doesn't want to be part of the Reverend Assemblage, why, you'd be a hero. Yeah, I think... I mean... Go ahead. No, you're, you're basically discussing this with Decoy? Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, I think Decoy is just looking back and forth between you and says, well, from, and uh, as a reminder, when she speaks, it's like, it's the, it's not like mm-hmm. sound coming out of her mouth. It's like the, um, the memory of her speaking kind of like Im- appearing in your echoic memory, oh, like the wait, same way me. that. Hmm? I was going to say before she speaks, then I should be clear. These were the things I thought we were speaking before Gasket with Decoy. These would be the things that Quell then would be pitching to say you could say to Poor Gasket. Right, yeah. yeah. No, that was my understanding of it. Yeah. Okay, good. That, um, not that, that uh, Decoy would be the hero. Decoy, I think, already has plans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Decoy's speech sort of like appears in your echoic memory. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's as if she said it and it's in your mind, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't react to the acoustics of the room. Um, and, you know, if if like if if she was if she wasn't um speaking to somebody but somebody else is in the room they wouldn't mm-hmm. actually hear anything right unless she was specifically trying to give the sound of her voice to them so a little weird a little unnerving but you're probably used to it by now um and decoy just looks between you and just uh thinks for a moment and just says and just nods and she says if the ships can help you then they're yours 
We won't have any need of them. I'll wave for Gasket over. Because I don't necessarily want to take decoy in with everyone to have that conversation there. Or just no. wherever, don't whether for Gasket had a tent or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Forgas, it will, um, it was probably like talking with Rye and Rye's like kind of, you know, trying to be like, are you sure? Like, this is, I mean, none of us really know how to, well, okay, we kind of know how to use these things now. And Four is just like, it's just an insurance policy, Rye. Don't worry. Um, with it, we have other, we have angles here. Um, and when you wave her over, you know, she, uh, just kind of gives Rye a look and is like, we'll talk more later. Uh, and um, walks over to you and says, yeah, yeah, Rigby, you've got <laughs> some proof for the outlandish claims. Yep, I'll introduce a decoy and then everything we just said and went through. <laughs> so you're like fully addressing the concept of flotilla tanzanite now. Oh yep. boy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Be, be very careful about what you say because <laughs> we're not actually into the ascending fortress yet. Yeah, I know. Quell just hovers protectively. I mean, yes, this person looks like a grown a grown human, but and and when I'm when I'm painting all of this for Forgasket, I'm also leaning on you know decoy and the flotilla stopping the assemblage from what they're doing, which will hopefully stop the Landbergs from being pulled in, which would ruin our current way of life <laughs> and let's see probably like 10 15 minutes later um <laughs> after bringing bringing four gasket to speed on all of these developments um she's standing there with her arms crossed and like a completely blank expression um and she said and she just holds her hand out and she says um your flask please She's gonna think you're high, well, but you are. Pull up, pull it out of my pocket and pass it over. <laughs> she opens it up and tips it back uh, for several seconds, and then closes it, wipes her mouth, and hand, hands it back to you. Well, this took an unexpected direction. <laughs> I like it though; it's fun. Quill well, has kind of a semi-hopeful, semi-pained expression on her face as she watches her captain, who she trusts deeply, but who she thinks might be acting a little recklessly, uh, <laughs> tell Forgasket, who is a very shrewd human, but not necessarily one who really is like compelled by like high morals, the entire plan <laughs> before we've actually pulled it off. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> oh man I really hope she doesn't say so now what are you going to pay me to keep my mouth shut <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean from what you know of Four Gasket she's not super bottom line driven she really is you know for better and for worse um, driven by that thrill of discovery um, and uncovering artifacts um you know, it seems like pushing to get these this 
discovery for uh, to pay off the accounts is really just like a logistical thing of her, you know, having to be the head of an organization that is a lot of logistics to it. Well, maybe she'll want to stay. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. It's, it, it, yeah, it's uncharted territory for sure. Well, it's charted, not, not by her. <laughs> I was going to say, it'd be undiscovered country, right? <laughs> She's going to take an extended sabbatical and uh, delve the entire reverent assemblage. So yeah, um, Forgasket um, just swallows hard and thinks for a minute and says, and I suppose I can't talk you out of parking Subita in the continent. I don't think that would be in the best interest for everyone. I think what the flotilla is planning is necessary if we don't want to inevitably become part of the assemblage. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like they're just more worried about, well, this is above my pay grade. All right, Augustine. And she just shrugs her shoulders and she says, you make a strong case, but uh, I guess I should lay my cards on the table too, since you're laying yours out. Um, I wasn't being uh, completely forthright when I told you you should just get out because things are going to get complicated. We do have a plan. Mm. Vert, you know Vert Stuker? Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, I've been talking with him. Uh, You know, I've met him at that, uh, met up with him at that gala, which I think you catered? Yeah, Yeah, I don't really understand your outfit, but it seems to work for you. (laughs) Um, And we came up with the plan to get in, and he's bringing in a force of Azure Fleet privateers. And you would know, Augustine, that privateers are... They're basically like special operations. They're well-armed, they are well-equipped, um, they're well paid. Uh, their job is to be the um, what's the word nautical word, um, like the you know the boarding axe of the um, of the Azure Fleet, and they are coming to clear the delts out so that they can proceed this expedition. And once Fort Gasket lays that on you, she says. Now, we were going to be here so that we could make sure that at least the Junkers were involved in the find, but I don't think that your argument is going to be quite so convincing to Stuker and his privateers. So if you do this, you're going to need to get there first. That was always the goal, but it seems like it's we're even more pressed for it now. Yeah, because... I don't like the idea, but you make a good point. And I think knowing what I know and what this one, because she kind of nods a decoy who just maintains steady eye contact with her. Um, knowing what this one's told me is probably for the best. But if you told all that to Vert, then he'd just say, well, heck, we can get in there and turn this thing into a battleship. We can do what we want with it. 
Yeah. He's not going to be so keen on that. Can I uh, gadget? Mm-hmm. Can I get you to write a letter? Yes, I'm a little concerned, but... <laughs> to your dad? <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll write one, too. Since we're best buds. <laughs> Good pals. Yeah. Um, what happened that night? <laughs> friendship. Yeah. So, God, everything's just turning upside down now. Um, <laughs> I want to write a shorthand version of what's going on for Forgasket to take to Marlin. You're going to tell him that your plan is to push Suvita into the Reverend Assemblage? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Mm. I would just say, hey, you got to protect Gadget. Oh, yeah. It's so much easier. Just say, hey, you got to protect Gadget. That's it. No, no, but it do, it does make sense. So think about it this way. So, so Pell, who's kind of been mm-hmm. hovering around decoy, and so it's like I don't know, like a buzz, like a loud ass fly on the wall. Uh, <laughs> it's like, but you know, if you think about it, if the Delts and the Junkers were able to work together, they might be able to keep. They might be able to keep the. Uh, the privateers. The privateers distracted long enough uh, from finding their way through before we did. And whatever happens, Forgasket is right. They cannot, the Azure Fleet cannot get their hands on what lies inside the Ascending Fortress. They certainly can't use all of Subita as a battleship because, if, you know, we're worried about what might happen to the people of this landberg once it docks with the Reverend Assemblage. Well, think about what happens when the entire landberg gets uh, commandeered by the fleet. Vert can't use the the landberg as a battleship, but the spirits can. Well, <laughs> they're so just using different. It so, well, and Vert isn't necessarily wanting to use it as a transport. He doesn't know anything about that, um, and might not even know the means to. He wants mm-hmm. to get into the fortress to pull whatever anything useful that he can from it to be used in indigo analytics research and development. Um, yeah, that would, that would be your baseline understanding of what he'd want to do. If you, before Gasket was just saying, like, if you told the same thing to Vert, he'd be like, "Well, hell, let's get in there." <laughs> but if yeah. they get in there, I mean, I have to assume there are some clever people in indigo analytics. They'd either figure it out or they'd figure out how to apply it to other landbergs. Can you imagine weaponized well, landbergs? Well, yeah. And my only my thought is that there are multiple forces in motion that are unstoppable at this point. The flotilla will get the ascending fortress one way or another, whether it's us helping them or by force with the flotilla itself. And mm-hmm. their goal is to, their goal is for the good of things. 
where Indigo Analytics isn't going, yeah, the greater, the better. Of the <laughs> yeah, two. meanwhile, um, meanwhile, uh, Chalice is over there just saying, like, yeah, they're just going to burn through my country to blow up all of our infrastructure. <laughs> that sounds great. We never asked you. Chalice isn't with us. Chalice is working the chop. Yeah, Chalice is busy today. You very specifically framed it that way. <laughs> but, you know, um, I'm worried about Chalice. Like, I think Paul yeah. has made it pretty clear from the beginning that she's she's worried about all the lives involved, human, yeah. spirit, and otherwise, and was very excited about uh, Catton's deal because one of the things that she's been, you know, concerned about is all these people who live on this landberg are going to be trapped and they're yep. not necessarily going to die. And it's not necessarily like the Reverend Assemblage is, you know, barbaric and is going to like slaughter them all. Like the Reverend Assemblage is used to Landberg's landing, but mm-hmm. like it would be a complete change to their way of life. And it would be an involuntary one, yep. you know, with the flotilla, you know, being handed over. And especially with the knowledge that, you know, the jumpers couldn't pilot it all by themselves, but I bet you they could if they were working with the people of Subita who didn't want to stay on Subita. Well, that gives people at least an option not to be, you know, co-opted into the reverent assemblage. That seems, you know, that's a that's a plus. That's a bonus. That's a good thing for all people involved. But, mm-hmm. you know, just letting the military get a hold of all this technology or the Landberg itself seems like a real bad deal. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much what I was trying to sell. And the reason I wanted Gadget to write a letter was a, please trust me. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we know what we're doing. I think um, no, I, I think you can try to make this. You can try to make the sale to um, to bu- bu- bu, uh, Marlin. Hmm. I'm not sure why I framed it like you're trying to give him the factory undercoating. Um, but I think, I think you can do that. Um, it just rolled with the fiction. It made sense given everything you're able to lay out that, uh, four gasket would be on board, but writing this letter, I think is definitely going to be a role to see if you can get the delts on board too, or writing these letters, which I suppose if both of you are doing, it could be a group action. Oh, you could hand deliver it. No, we can't. We don't have time. <laughs> That's kind uh, of the... I mean, you kind of do. The entrance is right there. You just had to sneak oh, around it? the side. Oh, okay. You could hand, you could hand deliver it. I bet well, little girl being a hero would convince him. Yeah, if you if you say if you say that that we can just do a quick sneak, then I'd be one fulfilling my. I'll try to get Gadget to say stop by and say <laughs> hi, and Gadget can. Be gadget. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Rather than writing a letter. This to gadget. I would use my big sisterly energy to be like gadget. You could really help all the people of Subita and the spirits. It'd be the right thing to do. All right, guys, you're just lucky I have a lot of shit in my bug out bag to write an <laughs> enormous letter like this because what well, what, not, what do you say? <laughs> we're not to your dad. A who he abandoned a year ago, and now meeting him again for the first time, you're in the middle of a conspiracy to fly a Landberg into the Revenant Assemblage. This is going to take a minute. I mean, we don't need to write a letter. We can just go say hi. Wow, I don't do the peopling. We're writing a letter. <laughs> you write the letter, you hand it to him, then you scurry away. Yeah. Yeah. 
You could even wear one of your costumes, one of your one of your like disguises. I'm sure you have in there. But you stole from my closet. Here's, here's what I'm gonna say as an interested party in this story that is taking a, a direction I did not anticipate at all, which is why I'm playing with you guys so much. Um, if Gadget writes a letter and doesn't deliver it, then that's a roll, right? But I think Marlin is such a, you know, like would be so touched by his daughter after especially the tales of his of her heroism that if you if you overcame your wanting to you know not in any under any circumstances encounter your parents and had that meeting with him then i don't even know if that's a role i think that might just happen yeah all right let's do it i'm so ready for this i'm so excited to see this (laughs) this interaction take place (laughs) um all right then i think let's see i think we just uh are all of you coming out there or is it just um augustine and and, uh gadget oh i think i'd probably stay with decoy and myriad unless they wanted to go I, I, I could see a reason why I would be talking with Four Gasket and Decoy and Captain. I could not see a reason why I would go out there with Gadget and and Captain unless they wanted us there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm staying in the dark tunnel uh, trying to turn on a lantern with lemons. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to turn on my lemon lantern. Because it's dark in here. That's very smart. Yeah, I'm staying with Myriad and Decoy because we don't know exactly how to get to the air gap and cross it. So I'm going to be doing some attuning via the stuff I've learned from Gadget, this brilliant descendant of the Children of the Wire, attuning with the spirits of the Ascended Fortress uh, to see if they can help us find a way to navigate the air gap. And I don't need to roll for that right now. I just that's what I'm doing while they're off on their their exciting adventure of family <laughs> reunions. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we can stick with you for a little bit. I think um, Decoy would probably turn to you and say, "They're quiet. They haven't reached out to me yet. I feel them. They're there, but hmm." Uh, Perhaps you can help me then, Decoy, as an interpreter, speaking with Gadget, working with Gadget, closely enough that you came to being. I know that there must be a way to commune with the spirits in the Ascended Fortress, and perhaps they're different from the spirits of the land and the sky, but there must be a way to speak with them, to convince them of our... our positive intent, our desire to help save and liberate other spirits who are in danger. I, any help that you can give me, Decoy, this, this would help me help you and all the other spirits of Flotilla Tanzanite. And I think she, she just nods and she says, they feel familiar. It reminds me of when I was first aware Hmm. Oh shit, sentient AI. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when she first came into being, when she was created by you and you and Gadget. 
Uh, oh shit, newly sentient AI. Seems, yeah, she seems like, it seems familiar to her in a way, The because they're, you know, these spirits who are isolated in this old facility. Uh, and that's what she was built off of. That's what she was built to be like. Uh, so you can go ahead and since you have decoys help, um, I think this is risky. Great. If you're trying to attune so that you can figure out the rest of the way through the manifold or like maybe who knows, maybe even the manifold could like move, right? Cause the I, whole thing yeah. used to move. Maybe it could clear you a path. So yeah. It might be able to move, or I don't know, maybe they've got adorable little, like, droids in here. Who knows what kind of, like, fantastical creations mm-hmm. the, the Children of the Wire had. I know that Gadget Gadget herself was making, a, like, a little drone, a little droid to assist. Mm-hmm. Like a mouse droid, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's see what we can find that might be able to be helpful especially if it's gaining sentience but it's been alone maybe it wants to be united with other spirits maybe it doesn't even know that that's an option Mm. yeah um so yeah you could go ahead and make that roll you have gambits you could push yourself you could take a devil's bargain you have three gambits Mm -hmm. and okay and how do you regenerate gambits uh, you, uh, you could roll a six on a desperate or a risky. Anybody else could roll a six on a risky. Is it okay if I use a gambit, everyone? I'd really like to get in communication with this ascended fortress and see if we can get it on our side. Sure. I wouldn't mind yeah, having one it. back pocket just in case we find ourselves in a, in a crossfire. Totally <laughs> it looks like we have three right now, so I'll spend one of them. Okay. One spent. That's one bonus die. Okay. So it's a tune. Shit, I just accidentally reduced my tune. So a tune. Risky. Great. One bonus die. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Quell, kind of with decoy, almost kind of maybe like weirdly mirroring each other because she probably looks a little bit like a strange blend of Quell and Gadget. That's exactly and, what she looks like, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of reaches out and it's almost like she's reaching into like uh, the wires uh, and machinery of the of the manifold. Mm-hmm. And she just starts feeling her way through. Let's see what happens. Oh, crit. Ooh, Ooh crit. that's a crit. Hell yeah, the last time we crit... Decoy happened. And Decoy and I are going to make it. So, Decoy becomes the ascending fortress. Actually, actually, the last time we crit, someone died. Oh, Jesus. Not the last time I crit. Was that a crit? (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, So, yeah, when you. uh, Usually a crit gives you extra effect, right? But you're already at great. So you get extreme effect. Um, Oh, God. I am yeah. now the Ascending Fortress. I think what this looks like is, so we get a few shots here, right? Um, we see you and Decoy probably like holding hands, each of you reaching out to one side of the um, 
uh, one side of the manifold, because the tunnels are small enough that you could, either of you could hold hands and have your other hand on the wall. Um, and just closing your eyes and just like a pulse and like the sound of, um, it sounds like rustling grass or waves of water, but what we realize what the camera sees is that, um, the manifolds walls and ceilings are sort of covered with these strange like flourish elements that look like they don't really do anything. Um, but they begin to move and we see that each little piece of it is actually composed of hundreds and thousands, millions of their, they look like plankton, um, silica plankton. And they begin to sweep down your arm and across your shoulders and over um, Decoy's arm back onto the wall, just passing between both of you um, and feeling your commitment, feeling your your drive. And you feel from them a sense of per- of directionlessness, of loneliness. Um, oh. And the manifold... Um, shapes in front of you. It clicks into place. Click, 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 click. What once was labyrinths leading off in a dozen different directions that would have taken you hours to clear becomes just an extremely long tunnel uh, at the far end of which you can see daylight and cascading sands. And from the other angle, we see Augustine and Gadget framed by sunlight on the other side as they step out the entrance of the ascending fortress and are immediately surrounded by delts who of course thought the people coming out from the entrance were uh junkers um but then the call goes out that it's gadget (laughs) they're so excited to see you the princess is back (sighs) <sighs> you know what they say it takes an entire crime family to raise a child mm-hmm. they do say that and um, yeah so as not to rush this conversation I think we'll just end on that image with um, Marlon making contact with his daughter who he's been searching for for a year um, just blinking away tears as like he stands <sighs> up knocking the stool away behind him <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, he's probably got like a table where he was playing, you know, 3d chess or something, 4d chess, <laughs> so, you know, Subiton game. Um, and the others are like, wait, what are you doing? Like, what you, you were just trying to get out of this cause you were losing. And then Marlon's just like, that's my daughter in there. <laughs> I just, I love the image because we know it's established. He's so huge. And gadget's so tiny. Gadget's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the yep. big, gruff, well guy. Mm-hmm. And we, we could just see that line, a, a straight line from the Porto Alambre, where the, um, the privateers are uh, boarding onto sand, sand boats and beginning to head toward the ascending oh. fortress. Into past the Delts camp, over the shoulders of 
uh, Marlin between Augustine and Gadget. Gadget looking, I'm sure, very... Uh, she's had a day. Uh, <laughs> past uh, Four Gasket, past Myriad, past um, Quell and Decoy standing shoulder together, shoulder and shoulder together, through the sands of the air gap and Terminal Core awaiting on the far side. I just want to know what, how Myriad feels witnessing what just happened. <laughs> Myriad who was just trying to use lemons to get... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so dark in here. I just need some light, and then everything clicks into place. And it's like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> you can put away the lantern now. <laughs> Bites the lemon. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.